Uh, what a beautiful day it is today, isn't it, Stupendous? But what, pourquoi, brings you out here today? You don't usually join me on my daily constitutional. Hey, Chapeau, I knew I'd find you out here on your daily walk. Again, uh, what brings you out here, Stupendous? This is this not the time that you have your intimate moment with the latrine? How do you call it? Your poo-poo time? Poo-poo time, Chapeau. I'll have you know that I take my daily constitutional very seriously. You should know that, Chapeau. Don't you know that, Chapeau? Chapeau. Uh, Sacre Blue Stupendous. Are you putting off your daily constitutional to annoy me on my walk? How's that for a change? You know what, Chapeau? You putting it that way really makes me feel good about myself. You know, I'm here because, um, you know, lunch isn't actually for another hour. Oh, really? The kitchen um, should have been open for hours now. Unless, of course, it's some sort of holiday I've forgotten about. Wait, what do you know about today? How did you find this out, Stupendous? Well, here's the thing, Chapo. When I when I went to the food pavilion, there was a note on the doors and it, and it read, uh, Be back in one hour. Well, I must admit, that doesn't tell me much, but... I know this is a normal work day, at least. Ah, hey, uh, Chapeau. Uh, I know he'd find you out here on your daily, uh, cause that's stupendous. Uh, 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 I didn't think I'd see you out here with Chapeau uh, um, on this walk. Hey, oh, Senor Alice Waypo, it's good to see you out here. Uh, you know, uh, uh, do you seem to know a lot about here. You know, what's going on? What's a scoop about, uh, do you know anything about the food pavilion being late to open? Oh, uh, yes, I do actually. It's, uh, it's Rikinishtar. Uh, we, uh, uh, the Ragnarok Raiders. I understand. Um, they're at the studios today. But what has this got to do with the food pavilion being late to start? Uh, yes, Signore L.S. Wipo. What are you saying? Uh, oh, wait. Oh, wait. I know, Stupendous. Uh, I know it's Rikinishtar. Uh, there, they had the food pavilion. Uh, they had to the, stop production for a little bit so they can install the traditional Viking mud oven. Wait, what? It's time for the wrestling show to take a very cynical look back at representing the WWE and live from the Excel Energy Center in St. Paul, Minnesota. It's Monday Night Raw, air date October 3rd, 2022. This episode is The Road to Extreme Rules. Let's go. Wellbo, Wellbo, welcome to season four of the Wrestling Show Listener. I'm the Paisley Wood, and tonight we're going to start our podcast off with a very cynical review slash look back at the latest episode of Monday Night Raw. But 
before we get into the meat of the show, first a quick shout out to the non-competitors. First, now they're the foundation of the show, as you know. Now representing the authority figure, usually he's been absent for a little while. He's been promising to come back shortly, who knows when, but it's usually it's um, Adam Pierce. Next, getting all the pre-match interviews and all the backstage scoops, they're the team of Sarah Schreiber and Kevin Patrick. And last but certainly not least, the commentary crew, the play-by-play guys, the hosts, and some might call them the narrators of the show. They're the team of Corey Graves, Jimmy Smith, Andy Everjacked, Byron Saxton. Now, without any further kudos, let's get on with the show. And this show is in memory of um, Antonio Inoki. That's right. Just passed away in late September of this year, 2022. We'll miss you, Inoki. Anyways, we start off the show big with the Judgment Day. Uh, Finn Balor, Damian Priest, Rhea Ripley, and Dominic Mysterio. Finn Balor calling out uh, Edge and saying that, uh, you know, um, you can only run from fate for so long, Edge, and uh, you know. And, of course, Dominic Mysterio. People just uh, still booing him. Not as hard as last week. But regardless, he's talked about his dad, Rey Mysterio. And, uh, you know, he's saying that, uh, I hate you, daddy. I hate you, daddy. (laughs) This is my new family now. That's right. His new family is the Judgment Day. And he hates daddy. Just like any uh, growing boy, you know, he's got to distance himself from the family, you know, start his own, be his own man. And thanks to Rhea Ripley, that's halfway there, where he's there now. Anyways, regardless. So it comes down to this, uh, Finn Balor, uh, he's talked about uh, uh, the I Quit match with uh, Edge. He's going to force Edge to say I Quit. And uh, another thing, he extends the olive branch to his friend, uh, AJ Styles. Now, he's done all this before their match. There's a tag team match uh, to open up the show. And it's uh, Judgment Day, Finn Balor, and Damien Priest versus AJ Styles and Rey Mysterio. Now, one wonder, at least AJ Styles is being used for something right now. He's, he's in the mix, and it's great. You know, uh, because uh, AJ Styles has been really been doing nothing much in the whole entirety of 2022. Mm-hmm. It's true. But regardless, his match, uh, AJ Styles, I think he's one of the greatest, and uh, he's with uh, Rey Mysterio. As you know, I all know, Rey Mysterio's son has uh, turned his back on Poppy himself, Rey, to join Judgment Day. Rey Mysterio's really hurt about the whole thing. He feels that uh, the Mysterios can overcome anything, and he will overcome this. And, I, and I'm wondering, how far will Rey Mysterio go to get this, his, the love of his son back? How many backs will he have to stab to do that? Anyways, that's my idea. But uh, this match, this match was a very fun match. Um, Rey Mysterio and AJ Styles versus Finn Balor and Damien Priest. What can, what can go wrong? Um, although this was not the match of the night because of how it ended. You know, it was just kind of a. Uh, it was like uh, it was a. It was too much of a t- storytelling. Um, to really showcase a, a solid match. It was too much storytelling to have need to be told for this to be a great match. If that makes any sense or not, I don't know. Okay. <clears throat> so the match is this. Um, AJ Styles in the ring there. He's getting beaten up. 
and he's going for the hot tag and he's just oh he's trying to get in there but he's getting all double teamed and everything he's it's tough for AJ Styles right now in this match during this during this match uh, near the ending the end sequence um, so AJ Styles gets his last bit of energy and gets uh, Finn Balor and Damien Priest into a double DDT situation rams them both to the ground and goes for a pin a tag for his Rey Mysterio Rey Mysterio gets pulled off the apron that's right by uh, <clears throat> Rhea Ripley because uh, yeah, of course Finn Balor uh, well everything the referee got uh, distracted um, so yeah so ended up instead of uh, going back on top with the uh, apron there and trying to go for a tag still you know go for a tag Rey Mysterio gets down and confronts Rhea Ripley oh you how dare you how dare you and he gets right into Rhea Ripley's face it's ridiculous He's, his focus is completely gone else off the wagon here uh, Rey Mysterio so he's getting in Rhea, uh, Rhea's face his son Dominic comes in the way because that's Dominic and Rhea Ripley it's, uh, you're messing with Dominic's new poppy that's right and so he of course like every time they see each other uh, Dominic's like go ahead hit me dad hit me hit me so yeah now this time with this go ahead do something so he's gonna do it he's decided no I will not hit my own boy so he goes to the ring and goes to the ring but at this time here I'm not sure what's going on the referee then decides to uh, he sees what's going outside in the ring and he goes back, he decides, that, oh, all oh, right, there's something kind of happening here. So he turns his back onto everything. Because I think uh, he sees Rhea Ripley sitting in a uh, crouching down, like crouching tiger, hidden dragon, waiting for things to happen. So referee sees that and like, oh, sh oh I better turn around and see exactly how uh, Finn Balor and uh, Damian Priest is doing. And AJ Styles on the ground there. So he turns his back completely to the action outside. What are you supposed to be? And then, of course, as his back is turned, everything goes down as planned. Rhea Ripley wipes out Rey Mysterio outside the ring. So ridiculous. Referee sees nothing. AJ Styles uh, tries to get on his feet, but really he gets drop kicked to the corner by Finn Balor. And then a coup de gras ends it all for AJ Styles. Three seconds later, that's right, Judgment Day gets a big victory. AJ Styles gets the big L. And when Judgment Day declares victory and clears the ring. This is where, I guess, the finals of uh, what's going to happen with Rey Mysterio and AJ Styles. Well, Rey Mysterio was like, I'm sorry, I should have been there for you, but I was there for myself. I'm a very selfish guy. I don't know what the accent is. But uh, AJ Styles, like, he, he just, like, he had enough. Had enough of uh, Rey's excuses and pushes him down on his butt. And Ray gets all sulky, like, that's it. I knew I was in over my head here. I'm going home. Bye now. Bye. So he leaves. And as soon as Ray Mysterio like, takes his gloves off, as soon as his gloves off, it's over. He's, he's already home. So he leaves the ring. And, of course, Judgment Day hasn't really left the, uh, the ring area. They just left the ring itself. So they come back to the ring and stomp a mud hole in AJ Styles. And, uh... Finn Balor's like, we're friends! Well, beating the shit out of AJ Styles. So this is a tough love at its finest. You know, uh, I hope one day AJ Styles will join uh, Judgment Day. And uh, Judgment Day, I hopefully will one day rule Monday Night Raw. It's true. They have no belts right now. 
and they're still dealing with the Edge. So what's going on with Edge? We'll find out too. He is getting up there with age too. He's probably going to retire soon. So this might be his last hurrah in the WWE. We're lucky to have him this long. Edge, he's a great talent. Anyways, I'm not talking about that. Um, so now we go backstage. It's with Kevin Patrick and uh, Bobby Lashley. You know, Kevin's asking, so who what's next for uh, Bobby Lashley? Really, what's next for Bobby Lashley? How about, uh, is he, is he uh, you know, North American, he's the United States champion, you know? He's going to do what he does. He has to defend it against whomever. And of course, while this is going down, Mustafa Ali, Mustafa, I should say, Mustafa Ali comes up and uh, he demands an opportunity from Bobby Lashley. Bobby brushes him aside a bit there and then Mustafa really gets in his face. And there, the match is granted. Just like that. You're just going to want it, I guess. Just going to want it. So now we go backstage, of course, again, with the bloodline, Sami Zayn, joking it up, joking it up with uh, Jimmy Uso and um, Solo Sokoa standing there, just like uh, mean mugging that joke. It's, a, it's a, a, a dog, my dog joke, you know, my dog, it's me. <laughs> okay, I don't know. It's Sami, it's probably a real joke anyways. He just caught halfway through. Sami Zayn's probably has, and he always has some, regardless. It was a, some funny banter going on. And then... Oh, Jey Uso enters the picture, saying, you know, it's a business now. we got to get ready and stuff like that. Because, of course, uh, next week, next week is going to be, uh, um, you know, Roman Reigns is going to be there next week. He's not here this week. Remember, um, they've got to, they got to advertise Roman Reigns. He's got to give him a week notice to uh, go to work, you know. Other than that, uh, Roman's got to uh, do his stuff. He's very important right now, you know. Like, uh, he's probably shooting a movie or something. So anyways, they're talking about that and, uh, well, the Street Profits. And, uh, next week, uh, why, uh, Sami Zayn tells the Street Profits to prepare to acknowledge the tribal chief, Roman Reigns, and they get in the face of, uh, why? Sami Zayn, they try to make fun of Sami Zayn, like, <laughs> what, what, whatever. <laughs> and, uh, of course, this ends up with uh, Sol Sokoa getting in the face of, uh, you know, uh, Angel Dawkins because uh, Montez Ford has still got a hurt foot. So this is said, hammered out. Apparently, there will be a match between uh, Sol Sokoa and uh, Angelo Dawkins. Should be good. So now we go to our match uh, number two. Number two, it is Bobby Lashley versus Mustafa Ali. Now, I gotta say this. Mustafa, you know, who's gonna win this one? It's not Mustafa. Um, Bobby Lashley, I think Bobby Lee's gonna be a long term. He's gonna be the unofficial face of Raw for now, uh, for a while, I think. But Mustafa is a, uh, he's got a lot of heart, you know? Um, so he comes out with fighting, he tries his best. Um, Bobby Lashley tries to put him away for the first time, you know, not doing his spear or anything like that. But it's, of course, Mustafa showing his heart and kicking out of the uh, pin attempts, which gets Bobby Lashley all verklempt, you know, throws uh, Ali out the ring and he, Bobby Lashley gets Ali into the uh, fireman's carry and rams him face first into the ring post, not once, but twice. Now, if you've just heard me once here today, uh, 
Um, I'm a big component of uh, if you're outside the ring, throwing someone as a using someone as a weapon, you know, as as uh, using someone and charging, throwing them into ring posts, staircases, uh, through tables, through chairs. Now, right now, if you're throwing someone through that, it's perfectly normal. But the other way around, if you were to hit someone on the head with the kendo stick, hit someone and hit someone with its chair or whatnot, it's a disqualification. What's the difference? Who knows? But right now, Bobby Lashley breaking all the rules in my books. Through hits his head off two, uh, hits his head off a you know you know the ring post twice, and then chucks him into the uh, uh, timekeeper's area. Very unfortunate. This match, well, I mean uh, they could have used some real wrestling in a match. But Bobby Lashley, this is his move. This is his thing. He uh, he uh, rams people's heads against uh, the ring post because I don't know. Lack of imagination. Anyways, referee goes for a count because Bobby Lashley. I guess I don't know why. Why he decides like, well, I'm going for a well, ten count. I'm gonna have him counted out. Since when has Bobby Lashley ever done that? This is like the Miz's maneuver, you know. It's not Bobby Lashley. So I don't know who put this match together. They probably had some outside source, uh, you know, say and how this match should go. Bad. Anyways, Mustafi gets back in the ring there. Um, but it basically, uh, Mustafi gets crushed after that. A big front bump spear from Bobby Lashley and then finishes him off with the hurt lock. Now, on the bright side, I guess if there is a bright side of the match, Mustafi did not tap out. He passed out, or he got knocked unconscious with the hurt lock. Now, even though Bobby Lashley could have uh, just, you know, um, thrashed Mustafa Ali side to side a little bit to make it look like he's tapping, you know, he could have easily done that. But no, Mustafa loses. I guess he's still got his pride. He drinks his wine. Okay. But now... I guess Bobby Lashley feels bad about how he won that match by uh, through uh, you know uh, bashing uh, Mustafa's head off a ring post twice. He goes to see if Mustafa's okay for some strange reason, and then the attack from behind. It's Seth Rollins jumping, tacking him, and then with a massive curb stomp. Oh my goodness! Takes out Bobby Lashley. Not one curb stomp, but two, two curb stomps. Takes out Bobby Lashley, and. Uh, Basically, it's Bobby Lashley's just in the way right now. For uh, no, there's no other thing why he's doing it. It's just like uh, Seth Rollins is, uh, wants to take the ring soon, and uh, Bobby Lashley's just not getting out fast enough, and he curb stops him twice for it. And then Mustafa, he's not getting out there fast enough, getting uh, to the back fast enough as well. He runs outside and curb stops Mustafa once there too. Whammo! So that's right. Both Bobby Lashley and Mustafa get curb stomped for nothing because. Not for nothing, because Seth Rollins can, I guess. So, now here it is. This whole thing setting up a Extreme Rules. It's a fight pit match uh, between Matt Riddle and Seth frickin' Rollins with, uh, what's that, Daniel Cormier as the referee of this match, because this is supposed to be a really difficult match to contain, you know, because I believe uh, uh, Matt Riddle had a, once had a, his, the only time they had a, uh, Oh, what's a fight pit match was uh, Timothy Thatcher, and I believe Timothy had a couple of teeth kicked in by Riddle. So, yes, Seth Rollins goes out there and he starts talking about the uh, match, you know. 
Um, and then Riddle comes out there, you know. Um, Seth Rollins talks about he's, he's, he wants to be called the most dangerous man ever. And he calls out Matt Riddle. Matt Riddle comes out there and basically he's, uh, Matt Riddle promises to not only, not just send, her, or not just win against uh, Seth Rollins. Not even just to send or hurt Seth Rollins or even send him to the hospital. Matt Riddle wants to kill, kill Seth Rollins in this match. Send him to the morgue. That's ridiculous, but yeah, he used those words. I want to kill you. Yes, that's right. And of course, it's Daniel Cormier uh, settled things down. He's laying down the law for this match. That's right. He wants this to be over, this whole thing with them two. So that seems interesting. What will Daniel Cormier do? Is this is this his uh, uh, introductory introduction? It clearly, it's his introduction to the WWE. Is this something for? Uh, is this Daniel Cormier? Is this uh, something he's going to be doing from now on? Maybe uh, referee is the first thing, and next you know what, he's going to have a match. Who knows? This could be some big things for Daniel's um, his uh, career part two. No, no, I don't think he's still fighting professionally in the UFC. Anyways, anyways, we go backstage. It's with uh, Candice LeRae. She's getting ready for her match. And she's passes alongside of uh, Dakota Kai. No, no, she passes uh, <laughs> Dakota Kai. She's fine. Anyway, she passes, uh, you know, um, Bianca Belair, Asuka, and, uh, you know, Alexa Bliss. And they all wish her luck. Wonderful little bit. I don't know why. Well, regardless. Because uh, Candice is fighting uh, Damage Control or Damage Central's, uh, you know, uh, Candice LeRae. So now here we go. Our next thing we go meet is uh, The Miz. Miz is back. He was last week, he was attacked and, and uh, beaten up and uh, put to sleep by uh, Dexter Loomis. And nothing happened, of course, after that. Uh, he's fine. He went home. And now this week, he's afraid about uh, Dexter Loomis. He's, uh, I guess he's, I don't know, he's. They're setting something up. I'm not sure what this angle is. Um, well, basically, Miz is, uh, you know, he's in the back, and Dexter Loomis goes one more grab from Miz. Miz escapes. Uh, it's just a ridiculous little segment that just sets up through. It entwines a little bit through the show. Miz and Dexter, a little uh, thing. I think Dexter just wants to be part of the Miz family. That's it. You know, what's he gonna do with Indy Hartwell? You know, says goodbye to her for now to do this. Just she's, she he says goodbye to her his uh, cave her his kayfabe wife, Indy Hartwell to stalk Miz. That's weird. So now, regardless, uh, our next match is Candice LeRae versus representing Damage Central, Damage Control. I call them Central because I like it better. That's Dakota Kai, and they're flanked by Bailey. Very sexy, Bailey and uh, Io Sky. Now this match was a very fun match. It was a it was a very decent length match. Like usually, it's usually five minutes matches. But this is like a ten minute match. This was incredible. Um, both showing some signs of uh, you know aggressiveness uh, and boring. Both showing they can work. But I think this. Now Dakota Kai, she's got the scorpion kick. I'm not sure exactly. What Dakota Kai thinks a, a, a scorpion kick is, where people actually think a scorpion kick is. But uh, I know what Dakota Kai does in the ring is not a scorpion kick. 
Um, she does a handstand in front of somebody. And that they call, oh, a scorpion kick. There's no kick in there. It's just, it's just, it's, it's, I don't know. I don't understand it. I know what a scorpion kick is. And uh, that ain't a scorpion kick. You know, look up scorpion kick. Have you ever seen it? Uh, it's quite a different maneuver. I believe Jackie Chan usually does a scorpion kick in his uh, movies. And not once does he leave both feet to do a handstand. That's what I got to say. Anyways. The match was uh, uh, very fair, very uh, uh, competitive. Competitive. Um, they go to the ropes where this is where um, LeRae tries to do a power bomb on uh, um, Dakota. Doesn't have it happen, you know. LeRae goes behind her and then basically gives her a German suplex off the second rope. Yes, right. Not very big, but regardless, it happened. It's fun. Dakota um, goes down. Cancellary goes for a pin, but EO Sky jumps up on the apron and says, Referee! Over here, referee! Noise commotion! While the referee's like, hey, you! So she's like completely out of the way there. Uh, um, Candace goes for a springboard move. She jumps on the ropes, but Bailey greets her and knocks her off the ropes. And then, with a huge finisher, I know one person would be proud of this. That's uh, Xavier Woods with uh, the backwoods. No, the basic roll-up. Rolls up. Uh, Dakota Kai rolls up Candice uh, LeRae. No cheeky finisher. Just a roll-up. And one, two, three. That's right. Candice LeRae loses. And going out on top is... Uh, that's right. Dakota Kai with damage central. I call them central. They're called control. It's okay. It's all right, though. I don't mind. I forgive myself for it. Now we go backstage. And it's with... Uh, I'm not even sure what this is all about. It's still, it's... Uh, um, the Miz. Apparently, the Miz was uh, taking a nap on top of the storage boxes. Um, for some strange reason. Not on a couch anymore. Just out in the hallway. Laying across two uh, uh, storage boxes. Laying across there. He was taking a nap. Um, Johnny Gargano wakes him up and he, I guess, uh, the Miz finds that, uh, you know, Dexter Loomis or the man who is, shouldn't be named had drawn another beautiful picture of him, of Miz and Dexter Loomis side by each, you know, but Miz got freaked out. It doesn't matter. It's a ridiculous storyline. Getting more ridiculous. Like there's got, it's got to come to some sort of, uh, um, match or something. But regardless, this is a stretching storyline while doing nothing. Is uh, is Dexter Loomis injured? Can he not really fight at all? Is he, are they just waiting for until he gets cleared? Who knows? It's all conjecture. Now we go backstage with Sarah Shriver talking to uh, um, Damage Control, or better yet, talk to Bailey, the very uh, sexy Bailey, and her friends of uh, Io Sky and Dakota Kai. And it's good to have friends. She's saying it's good to have friends. They watch her back, and uh, that's right. She's telling that to uh, Bianca Belair. You don't have friends like I have friends. Basically, it's good to have friends like this. Anyways, and then we go to a match. It is the uh, match, per, uh, I guess, brought to you by uh, Austin Theory last week. It's the Alpha Academy representing Alpha Academy is Otis. 
versus uh, Johnny Gargano. Now, I thought Johnny Gargano was going to win this match. Um, I thought it was going to be a good match, but Johnny Gargano would win this match. Now, watching this match, now, even though Otis was being accompanied by his uh, Alfred Academy buddy, uh, Chad Gabla, and uh, Austin Theory, Austin Theory is the only one to join the commentary booth, the commentary team, and of course, because that's how great Austin Theory's uh, mic skills are, they trust him 100% there, and Chad, not as much. So Chad is uh, ringside, Theory behind a the mic, like, of course, respect there. Now this, inside the ring, it was a good match, it was a very, very good match. Um, Obviously, uh, um, Otis is a, it's like literally almost two times the size of, uh, or three times the size of uh, uh, Johnny Gargano. So it was basically brawn over speed and, you know, brawn and strength over speed and intelligence. Um, and Johnny Gargano had many times had a chance to win, but Otis is just straight up too strong. They fight outside a couple times. Uh, um, Johnny Gargano with the massive uh, Tope Suicida smashes Otis outside the ring. That's right. Now Otis hits the... I think maybe Otis was expected to really dive over the ring and smash into uh, um, Austin Theory out there. But he didn't. Um, Johnny Gargano takes out Otis and then dives and takes out uh, Austin Theory for some reason. He tries to attack Austin Theory outside the ring for some reason. So, after he attacks Austin Theory, he goes and gives um, Otis his patented um, Hurricane Tornado DDT, throws Otis back into the ring, and before we know it, um, you know, he throws Otis back in the ring, and of course, Johnny Gargano goes after him. Chad Gable comes, pops up on the other side and said, Referee! Referee! Shoosh! I'm coming here! Look at me! So the referee's like, What are you doing on the other side of the ring, the referee? There, uh, um, Chad Gable? Dad Gabler? Get down! And then while uh, Johnny Gargano gets set up, Austin Theory comes up and, Whacko! Right in the back, right in the, just with his briefcase, smashes Gargano, Johnny Gargano in the back. You know, the referee must have seen it. Uh, Austin Theory didn't go back and sit down. He's just all wound up. But anyways, that's about the end for Johnny Gargano. Johnny stumbled into the ring. You know, he gets met with uh, Otis's world's most powerful slam. Just smashes him down. And then it's three on one, baby. Um, Alpha Academy, Otis, Chad Gabler, and Austin Theory go and beat the hell out of... Uh, um, Johnny Gargano, Johnny Appleseed, Johnny Wrestling. But before they can get the real beats down on Johnny Wrestling, um, what's it? Oh, um, Braun Strowman, choo choo. Yes, right. I did that. I did it. I did the train sound really badly. But he chugs down the ring, chugga chugga, hoo hoo hoo. And then uh, Otis tries to go up there to block him off, but he gets charged. He gets rammed right down onto his butt. That's right. Braun Strowman clears the ring there. And, of course, he goes out there and gets Chad Gabler and throws him back into the ring. And then that's when the second match starts. Chad Gabler versus Braun Strowman. Now, 
At the beginning of the match, of course, um, Braun Strowman was destroying Chad Gabler. They took the match outside of the ring where, oh my goodness, Braun Strowman was tackled and thrown, attacked and thrown over the announce table by, uh, you know, Otis. Referee did see it. He could have ended the match there as a uh, disqualification. You know, uh, Braun Strowman winning. But no, he decided to, oh, let that slide. But hey, this is what's going to happen though. Otis, you're out of here. He kicks Otis out. The match continues. Now, of course, uh, Braun Strowman did go over the table. He did got some injury there. This is where uh, Chad Gable takes over. He tries to take over anyways. He actually gets a uh, nice German suplex onto uh, Braun Strowman. That's true. Uh, looked pretty good, gotta say. Uh, but hey, we gotta get to face facts here. This is Chad Gable, and this is Braun Strowman in the ring here. So eventually, Braun Strowman gets his wits about himself, uh, gets his uh, bearings about himself, and realizes, hey, I'm Braun Strowman, and this is Chad Gable, and gives him the high knee to the face or a big high kick, whatever it is. He knocks down Chad Gable, and then with a massive super power bomb. It was a nice powerbomb, I gotta say. Braun Strowman, the powerbomb. Uh, yeah, you know, a powerbomb is a perfect big man move and perfect Braun Strowman. But I really see some alt variations of a powerbomb, you know. Uh, but anyways, Braun Strowman with a big win over Chad Gabla. And who, who, who thought any different anyways? Who would have thought any different? But anyways, we go backstage with Kevin Patrick with Bobby Lashley and he's talking about uh, you know what does he feel about Seth Rollins attack how he Seth he got attacked blindsided by Seth Rollins earlier that day well he wants to uh, crush his throat he wants to crush Seth Rollins throat he's very angry but anyways he wants uh, Seth Rollins next Monday now this Saturday this coming Saturday will be or the Saturday uh, after this uh, Raw will be Extreme Rules. Now, apparently, Matt Riddle wants to kill Seth Rollins. So, let's hope uh, Seth Rollins gets over this. Uh, you know, this is going to change a lot of things. So, Seth Rollins clearly is not going to die at uh, Extreme Rules. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. So, yeah, apparently. Okay, so, Seth Rollins, if he survives the, uh, the fight pit, he will go in two days, Saturday and then Sunday. Monday, he will be on... Uh, I guess uh, challenging um, Bobby Lashley. Bobby looks to uh, uh, put out Seth Rollins. That's right. Uh, make Seth Rollins pass out in a ring. So yeah, that's right. Bobby Lashley very really upset. I wonder what Mustafa Ali thinks. After all, he also was embarrassed and humiliated after his loss to Bobby Lashley. Does he want some revenge, or does he does not care as much as Bobby Lashley? Okay, now here we go. Now this is a uh, a big old thing. It's an Extreme Rules contract signing. The very first ma ladder match ever for the women's division to determine the uh, uh, women's championship gold. And uh, the master of ceremonies for this old signing contract, it's uh, Corey Graves. And of course, it's Bianca Belair and Bailey. Bailey had the mic first and she tried her best. To, you know, I like Bailey. She's very, she's very super sexy. Um, and she's got really good mic skills. But to this day, when Bianca Belair grabbed that microphone, 
and she started talking from the heart. I believe it came straight from the heart. But Bianca buried Bailey on this day. It was a beautiful thing. But here's a here's the end of this end of this whole uh, signing thing came to this. Bailey showed on Jumbotron that, of course, Alexa Bliss and Asuka were being beaten up by Dakota Kai and US Sky. Just taken out. And while she's watching that, uh, Bailey tries to take advantage of uh, Bianca Belair. Just beating her down. But turns out uh, Bianca chucked uh, Bailey into the uh, apron area, just the uh, apron of the ring, knocking her down, and then going to try to save, you know, uh, Alexa Bliss and uh, Asuka. Getting back there only to find that, oh my goodness, Asuka might be injured. She got the chair wrapped around that leg and maybe they might have done some st stomping on that chair. Alexa Bliss saying, I don't know, they're both a little bit injured, but Alexa is very upset. And uh, she makes a match. She wants uh, EO Sky. So they make that match. So it's going to be EO Sky versus uh, Alexa Bliss later on tonight. Main event, y'all. Now with that, we go to our second last match. It is representing the bloodline Mm -hmm. It's Solo Sokoa, and with Solo, it's his team of uh, Jimmy Uso, and Brother Jay Uso, and Honorary Uso, Sami Zayn. Versus, now representing the Street Profits, and being accompanied by his injured partner, uh, Montez Ford, it's Angelo Dawkins, going full basketball gear. Looks like uh, New York style. Like... Uh, Looks like he's a uh, New York Mets colorist, I've got to say, or New York, uh, whatever. Okay. Let's say New York Mets, or uh, uh, New York Nets. How's that? That's better. I think that's better. Okay, so anyways, this match didn't have its problems. Uh, now, inside, this match was also telling a story about uh, Jay Uso and Sami Zayn. And they're, they're basically, uh, they're in odds with each other. Um... Now, this match was also very good. Angel Dawkins and uh, Solo Sokoa, they were both big men and uh, slapping meat in there. They were just like bashing each other up good. It was uh, both sides. You know, it wasn't a one way. It was a very, it was very uh, competitive, that's the word. Now, here we go. Near the end sequence was this. Uh, Angel Dawkins getting the better of Solo Sokoa. Getting up with the uh, massive suplex neckbreaker. I think it's what that's what I think it's called. He uh, goes up for a suplex and drops down forwards and then spinning around for neckbreaker style. You know, you know what I mean, everybody. You know what I mean, listener. Anyways, with that, he goes for a pin. He doesn't get the pin. Sami Zayn jumps on the ropes there. He gets all upset. He's like, referee, that was a that was a two count, right? That was a two count, right? That was only a two count. So he's uh, getting all worried. And then Jey Uso goes up to ropes too. Gets up there and he starts to arguing with the. Uh, um, Sami Zayn. So they start arguing up there. The referee like, goes up there and like tells them, like, hey, listen, you guys can't argue. You guys aren't really involved with the match. You guys are really minding your own business, but you guys are on top of here. And now you got my attention here. Get down. While he's doing that, um, Angel Dawkins is like, oh, hey, look, an argument. And he's all like, oh, boy, this is exciting. And then he turns around to get uh, super kicked by Solo Sokoa and right in the face. Angel Dawkins goes down. Solo goes for the pin. But Referee is still focused on the uh, little argument that uh, Jay Uso and Sami Zayn are having on the side of the ring. Then by the time he goes down for the count, you know, 
Angel Dawkins had enough energy to kick out. But the match carries on for a little bit longer. Angel Dawkins eventually um, tackles Solo Sokoa out the ring. That's a sequence of fighting things. Um, Solo's out there. Sami Zayn goes to the aid of Solo Sokoa. It's like, you okay? He's there. It's like, oh, that was terrible. And he's basically saying what happened back there just was a mistake. And then uh, Jay Uso like, gets in his face. Like, get out of there. And he starts to, uh, tries to get to uh, consult his brother. And then um, Sami Zayn and Jay Uso get into it outside the ring. Just they start arguing a bit. And then uh, Angel Dawkins decides to go, Air Dawkins, Air Dawkins. He goes right up with a massive uh, um, Santon. He smashes them both, uh, you know. Uh, he crushes both uh, Usos. And before um, Angel Dawkins gets back in the ring, He's met face to face with, uh, you know, Sami Zayn. Where Sami's like uh, scolding Angel Dawkins for like taking out the Usos. How dare you? I don't know sure what he said. But ended up with Sami Zayn getting punched in the face, knocking Sami Zayn out. But this is a good enough time for Solo to uh, get his bearings back. So Angel Dawkins rolls back into the ring. He gets up and then with this flying spinning heel kick, wham! Knocks. Angel Dawkins senseless and then finishing him off with the massive Inziguri that's right Soul Sokoa comes out with a massive massive win good for Soul Sokoa so this is just fantastic with storyline what's this is a pushing that uh, the Usos Jay and Jimmy the uh, good cop bad cop and uh, um, the official Uso Sami Zayn this is all great writing all great storyline work good stuff no now we with that um, we go backstage and it's with Austin Theory and he, uh, he's basically, uh, talked to, uh, you know, Otis and he's saying, oh, where's, uh, where's Chad Gabler? And Otis like, oh, wait here. And he picks him up, the old Chad Gable all smashed up. Thanks to Braun Strowman. Anyways, he likes what, uh, you know, Otis has done and he thinks it's not done for, uh, Johnny Gargano. So next week, Johnny Gargano is going to go a town down i'm not sure what that means but uh actually i kind of know what it means at wants to take down johnny gargano next week so that's gonna be good finally johnny gargano versus austin theory Whew. that's gonna be fire looking forward to that it's gonna be good so now we go of course um edge back there talking about uh for the last bit edge hasn't really been in character he's just being himself adam copla so basically, he's saying, saying that uh, when he got injured, he was uh, in his 30s. He was almost 40. Now, uh, he's well in his 40s. And things are getting tough. Things are getting difficult. And only more difficult. But basically, uh, he's looking forward to taking on uh, Finn Balor in an I Quit match. So what's going to happen? What's going to happen? What does it even mean? Does I quit the match? I quit the match? Or does it mean I quit wrestling? Or does it mean, like, right to I quit wrestling? Or does it just mean um, I quit Monday Night Raw? You know? You know, Edge is on the end of his career there, but uh, is he going to retire? He's going to quit from wrestling? I don't know. How far is he going to go? How far is he going to quit? I mean, a lot of times it's just like, oh, I quit uh, the match. Not, not my career. You know, just a match. Okay. Now with that, we go to our main event. Alexa Bliss versus EO Sky. Now, 
this match uh, with your standard five minute match. I don't think there's commercial break in there. But uh, Alexa Bliss, Io Sky, it was, it was like back and forth in the match. It was uh, you know, an okay match, nothing special. It was the main event uh, uh, match? No, I would say Solo Score versus Angelo Dawkins would have been a better main event match. It was a very good match. Now, here we go. End sequence here. Uh, Dakota Kai, uh, or should I say, um, Alexa Bliss, um, I guess, uh, trying to end it, finishing it off for herself and putting EO Sky down and going for the uh, Twisted Bliss. That's right. She uh, squashes EO Sky on the ground there on the floor. She goes for a pin. And this is where the genius of Bailey comes in. Not only is she sexy, she's also a genius. Um, she slides into the ring. She gets a gets the referee's attention. Referee over here before you start counting. Come here, I got something to tell you. So referee's like, what? You got something to tell me? Bailey, what? Oh, I'm so excited. Bailey's so amazing looking. So yeah, he goes over to Bailey. He's like, what do you want, Bailey? We want my number? Yes, yes, yes. So anyways, whatever to talk about, I don't know. So it takes away from the count. And uh, of course, Bianca gets all upset. She pulls Bailey out. She wants to fight Bailey, but it's two on one out there. Bailey and Dakota Kai. They take advantage of uh, um, Bianca Belair and they chuck her right into steel stairs. Mm -hmm. Now, of course, uh, Alexa Bliss tried to, you know, uh, I guess, uh, take advantage of it. She tries to take out uh, um, Bailey and uh, Dakota Kai. So she jumps off the top. She smashes them both down, right? She gets back in the ring. And of course, she gets owned by uh, Dakota. Uh, she goes on by uh, Io Sky in the ring there. She with a massive, uh, I guess you can call it white noise. She picks uh, Dakota. Uh, Io Sky picks up Alexa Bliss, drops her down for white noise. That sets her up for the massive. Uh, she calls it over the moon salt. Over the moon with salt. Okay. With the massive moonsault, she takes out Alexa Bliss and like a, about a five-minute match. It's uh, damage central control um, Eosky with the massive victory. Now, uh, after the match, it was uh, damage control three on one. They try to take out Alexa Bliss once and for all, and they do it. They take her out a little bit, and then they take out uh, Bianca Belair. And then, of course, while they're doing that, Oscar uh, they says, "Not without me!" So she hobbles to the ring with a kendo stick. She does her best, but she gets beaten up too. Alexa Bliss, I'm not sure what this move was. They get the massive ladder. They stick Alexa Bliss into the ladder, and uh, uh, they they kick the ladder closed. Regardless, it was just ridiculous. So, but they take out the uh, bottom line. Is this? I I'm assuming by the time Saturday comes. Oscar and Alexa Bliss will not be there uh, to help out Bianca Belair at Extreme Rules. I guess what it comes down is that. And uh, I guess uh, before the end of the show, Bailey with a massive rose plant on Bianca Belair and to uh, Alexa Bliss in a final shot of Damage Control, Damage Central, I call them Damage Central. Sitting up the ladder over top of uh, Bianca Belair and all of them posing with their belts. 
Alice Bailey posing with the Women's Raw Championship Gold! Is it things to come? Is it things to come? But anyways, what's things to come next week on Raw? Roman Reigns will be in Raw. And of course, like I say, he needs uh, plenty of time to prepare, you know, to be there. So they, this is his thing. They're saying Roman Reigns will be next week in Monday Night Raw. We'll see if that's true or not. And of course, next week will be, if, of course, Seth Rollins is alive, he will be challenging Bobby Lashley for the United States Championship on Monday. And, of course, last but not least, at least uh, scheduled for this, uh, promoted, is uh, next week on season premiere of Raw. It's Johnny Gargano versus Austin Theory. Oh, that's going to be good. But here's a big thing next week. For the 25 years, for 25 years at season premiere of Raw, showcasing 25 years of D-Generation X. That's right, it's the uh, Triple H. Hunter Hearst Helmsley, um, Shawn Michaels, Winky, um, X-Pac, and the Road Dog next week. But anyways, that wraps it up for another episode of Monday Night Raw. But fear not, listener. Stay tuned for our coverage of the NXT 2.0 right after this short break. Farting. We all do it. It's not only a fact of life, it's also a completely normal bodily function. To live is to fart. But I had a dream, a special calling, a call to action. Hi, I'm Cootie Roods, founder and CEO of Wind Express. This all elite product is for people like me, who, like many of you out there, I suffer from IFSF, which is insufferably foul-smelling farts. With many years of trial and errors, we discovered that forever suppressing your farts will lead to a quick death after just a few months of gas suppression. We at Wind Express have created a breakthrough odor technology patent, Windex. This technology will alter the perfume of one's farts to any fragrant resupply. Like me, join the millions and say goodbye to the nightmare of farts to saying yes to life. Order today and we will include our very new fart noise cancellation insert for free. With the fart noise cancellation insert you can now fart confidently, openly and anonymously anywhere. Windex must be used on a daily basis. The sudden stoppage of Windex after extended usage may cause whooshness of flatulence. Wrestling show, oh, 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 baby. It's time for the wrestling show to take a very cynical look back at representing the WWE and live from the Performance Center in Orlando, Florida. It's the NXT air date, October 4th, 2022. This episode is the road to Halloween Havoc. Let's go. Well, Bo. Well, Bo. Welcome back, listener. I'm Lip Hazlewood, and we're about to take a very cynical look back at the latest tapings of the NXT. But before we dive into the show, a quick shout out to the non-competitors. First, 
and foremost, the commentary crew, the play-by-play guys, the hosts, and some might even call them the narrators. It's usually the team of Vic Joseph and Wade Barrett, but tonight, Vic Joseph could not make the call. So replacing him, of course, there are no women, uh, you know, uh, representation, uh, you know, as usual. So represent, or, you know, um, taking over for Vic Joseph are the team of, uh, from Monday Night Raw, it's uh, very de-ever-jacked uh, Byron Saxon, and from NXT Level Up, it's Sudu Shah joining whom I think is the best, the pinnacle of uh, the commentating crew. He is the, the very uh, silky-voiced Wade Barrett, very intelligent, very, yeah, he's my favorite. Even though we do have some differences of opinions, like on uh, Shkishim. So, other than that. Now, of course, getting all the pre-match interviews and all the backstage scoops, we've got Kelly Kincaid. Now, without any further kadoos, let's get on with the show. Now, we start the show with a, uh, a State of Union address, and it's uh, brought to you by Elton Prince and Kilt Wilson of Pretty Deadly. They've pretty much taken a script of uh, Roman Reigns. They, they've, uh, who's next? We've beaten them all. Who's next? Uh, you know? So they pretty much, they have beaten them all. They've become the two-time NXT champions. And so, of course, we got ourselves some uh, challengers come up. And these challengers are, um, they are former NXT alumni. Moving on to the SmackDown roster under the uh, umbrella tree of Sheamus. And they are the brawling brutes of Rich Holland and uh, Butch once known as uh, Pete Dunne. So the challenge was made. So this is what I think. Every time, like this is a Pete Dunne and Butch now, uh, or should I say Butch and Rich Holland, they're sort of like the uh, Nikki Ash and uh, what's that? Uh, Dewdrop. That's right, the tag team, you know. They've, they've, they've challenged, you know, they had a chance to uh, to go for the uh, the tag team championships, and then they failed that. So then they went down to the NXT to try and get the tag team championships there, and they failed that. So it is pretty much the same thing. Um, although uh, it's that uh, Rich Holland and Pete Dunne or um, Butch, they did have their chance at the uh, tag team championships, right themselves, and they failed. So now they're challenging for the championships in the NXT. So this is going to be a main event. It's set up. So it's going to be interesting. Um, now, for all the times that uh, a main roster person going to NXT and winning a, a belt happened one time. And that was, I believe it was a, uh, um, a Dolph Ziggler beating a Braun Breaker. But I believe that's the only time that's going to happen. So that's what I got to say. Now, moving on. We go to our first match. It's Carmelo Hayes. And uh, Carmelo Hayes. Uh, he's had a rough time so far. His past two matches were losses. He lost against... Uh, um, Solo Sokoa and to make things worse not only does he drop his lose his championship but makes things worse he lost to Andre Chase that's right with the roll up mm-hmm. can you believe it so now he's got to turn his franchise around and with Carmelo Hayes uh, accompanying him is his number one hype guy Trick Williams now who are they fighting why they're fighting the it's he's a newly uh, packaged repackaged Oro Menza Oro Menza now, I believe Oroha, he is one hell of a competitor. He's one great wrestler, and thank goodness he's still around. Um, but uh, he also, he competed and uh, won his, you know, uh, 
is matched to go on to uh, Halloween Havoc to compete as uh, Camilo Hayes is for the uh, North American Championship. So this match is important for both wrestlers to get the, uh, you know, I guess uh, uh, to get the win, go to go to get the momentum. So they'd say the momentum. Now, this match was really good. Orman is a fantastic wrestler. This match could have gone both ways, but the last sequence of the match, which is most important, Oro going for the, uh, I guess, uh, the Pele kick. It's a version of Pele kick. He does like a backflip, standing backflip and kicking. Carmelo Hayes right in the head, knocking him down, go, and then going for this move I haven't seen in a long time. I haven't seen since uh, Chris Jericho before the uh, Y2K thing. Y2J, I should say. Y2J, Y2 Jericho. Why that before that happened? It was the, uh, the Lion Salt. That's right, the uh, Springboard Moonsault. Impressive. And I haven't seen it, like literally. Uh, I don't know why I haven't seen it, but uh, it's good that it's brought back. It's very good. This match, okay. So after that, Carmelo Hayes is pretty much knocked for a loop. There's not a finishing move. He tries to set him up in the corner for his running uh, line or running, uh, what's it, spinning heel kick. So he uh, sets up uh, Carmelo for a spinning heel, charges up for a spinning heel, but Trick Williams jumped on the apron and pushes Carmelo Hayes out of the way where Trick Williams gets a full face full of uh, a foot. So he could, well, Carmelo Hayes, well, Trick Williams takes the spinning heel kick from Oro Menza. Oro falls out on the ground before Oro gets up on the, and, you know, gets his uh, wits about himself, you know. He uh, turns around, he gets back on his, he turns around and greets, he's greeted by two knees of Carmelo Hayes. Now you can call it the uh, a recoil, you can call it a code breaker, or you can call it a lung blower. Either way you slice it, Oro Menza was dropped. And then before Oro can get up and get his wits about himself, he is met. Why? Carmelo Hayes goes to the top rope and he is, jumps out for a flying axe kick to the back of Oro's head. And then like that, it's over. Now Carmelo joins the commentary crew and starts talking about his, the troubles. Nobody knows the trouble he's seen and his troubles he's had. Anyways, the music hits. It's Chase you Andre Chase um, is accompanied by uh, the most charismatic person in wrestling. One of my faves so far. She's really great. Hasn't had many matches, but Thea Hale, one of the most charismatic people in all of wrestling. And with her is Bodhi Hayward. Now, while they're getting set up in the ring, you know, they move backstage to a little uh, confrontation, if you will. Confrontation. Um, Ivy Nile with Brutus Creed and Julius Creed. Uh, Brutus getting checked out by a doctor uh, because he was beaten senseless by uh, um, Damon Kemp the other week with a chair. And he's all bruised up, so it looks, you know. And uh, Julius Creed's like, calm down, you gotta get looked after. And then uh, Duke Hudson comes up there and starts bad-mouthing both, belittling them both, inciting something. You know, he's just like doing his talking. But here's the thing about Duke Hudson. He's all talk, really. He does a lot of good talking. He's really funny. He's great. He's got a lot of potential. But you know what? When it comes to action in the ring, uh, it's been a long time since Duke Hudson actually got a, a W on a, on a win on the W column. You know? I think the last time he's actually got a win was the, uh, the breakout tournament. Well, he got wins after that, but regardless, it seems it was, seems like a long time ago. You know, he's getting his ass kicked by everybody, and so right now he's talking trash to uh, Bruce and Julius Creed. Uh, he's saying, "Julius, yeah, you're the older brother, and uh, you must be the dumber brother. I mean, younger brother." 
So that set off both Creed brothers. Brutus wanted to kick his arse. Julius wanted to kick his arse. And basically, Julius said a match. Like, that's it. We're going to go. Brutus like, I want to go. So, no, I'm going to go. And uh, Ivy Nile, you, you keep him back here while we fight. I don't want Brutus Creed interfering with our match, with my match. I want this to be fair and square. So that's interesting. And now here's the thing. Um, Duke Hudson brought up the fact that, uh, yeah, Roderick Strong's not around. He's been injured. He's gone. Now, is Roderick Strong really injured? Or is he around at all? Where is Roderick Strong? Is he going to pop up in the WWE main roster? Or is he going to pop up in NXT? Or is he going to pop up with his friend, his old friend, uh, you know, I don't know, Adam Cole, baby? Or, uh, you know, O'Reilly, O'Reilly? Or Fish? Whatever the less. This whole thing's uh, uh, Julius Creed wants, a, wants a Duke Hudson bad. And we all know Duke Hudson will not win this match. He's a good mid-carter guy. Okay, so now with that said, we go in the ring, and now this is a Chase, Andre Chase match versus, in the ring now, Von Wagner. Now this match is uh, a contender's match for Halloween Havoc's uh, ladder match for the North American Championship. So it's Von Wagner versus Andre Chase. Now I gotta say, and of course watching this match and commentary, giving his great commentary is uh, Carmelo Hayes. Let's not forget that. Now this match was like a three and a half minute match. Like the first minute was Andre, Andre Chase getting his ass handed to him by uh, Von Wagner, just stomping the shit out of him. And then Andre Chase turns things around, turns things around real quick and eventually gets uh, Von Wagner on the ground and Andre Chase getting his patented chase kicks, the chase stomps, on the uh, chase you stomps, you know, spelling out chase you with kicks, with stomps I should say. And then, usually after the, um, the chase you stomps, he goes to the top, and then with a high cross would finish it. So he figured this was it. So he goes to the, the ropes to do his finishing move, I guess, I'm assuming. But that doesn't happen because it's uh, Mr. Uh, Stone steps up and says, No, no, not today. Something like that. So that does stop Andre Chase from going to the ropes or any further. But Thea Hale climbs up from behind him, picks him up, on her shoulders, she walks him over in front of the, uh, the announce table, drops him down, and then scoop slam! She picks him up and whips him down. That's right. Mr. Stone, meet the uh, um, the floor with your back. So this funny. Uh, Bod, he was like beside himself. He was like, oh, touchdown! Whoa! Yay! Thea, let's go! He was all excited. And inside the ring, uh, Andre Chase was like, that's the, the Chase U way. He's all like, yes, that's the way to do it, Thea Hale. That's my girl. And while that was happening, I assumed uh, uh, Von Wagner would have uh, regained and, you know, got, uh, you know, attacked uh, Andre Chase in the back and smashed him up good. But it didn't happen that way. Andre Chase had one last hurrah in the ring there. And then with a wonderful looking uh, roll up. Now... Usually, when it comes to roll-ups, you look to uh, the king of roll-ups, uh, what's his name, Xavier Woods, with his taking it in the rear, or the uh, backwoods, whichever it is, taking it in the rear. It is uh, um, Andre Chase. Now, he did beat a lot of people with his roll-up, his signature different roll-ups, his fantastic next-level roll-ups. He beat uh, Carmelo Hayes with one. It's true. But he tried to get Juan Wagner 
he pushes Von Wagner up on the shoulders with his butt and then, you know, doggy styles him uh, up on a, a pin. And, but it wasn't enough because Von Wagner kicked out. As soon as Von Wagner stood up, it was a pump kick to Andre Chase's face. Whammo! Knocking him out silly. And then, you may call it a, uh, what's that, uh, Samoan drop. You might call it a, uh, um, I don't know, um, a suplex. Or um, you might call it a, uh, I don't know, uh, some sort of driver, you know. But regardless, it is the uh, um, Von Wagner with his finishing move on Andre Chase. A Death Valley driver. Might be a Death Valley driver. That's it. Lost my train of thought for a sec. But Andre Chase gets dropped by Von Wagner. And the funny best part of the match was the finishes. The ref goes down for the count. One, two. You can see uh, Bod He out there and uh, Thea Hale. And before you can get to two to three, Thea's like, no, three. And it's over. Andre Chase does not move on. Von Wagner goes to the, what's that, the, uh, the ladder match for the North American Championship uh, belt title. Now, here's the thing. Before the match completely ends, um, with Camilo Hayes, he's, uh, you know, the last words in this match. And before he can finish, he's attacked from the skies above. That's right. Literally, it's uh, Wesley uh, just wiping out uh, Carmelo Hayes with just stomping him, just like a feet first, and then just starts being in living daylight instead of uh, Carmelo Hayes. The referees, the officials come in and break it up. Now, moving on. Backstage, we got some uh, Songa with Nathan Fraser. And Songa, big with his big loss to, uh, you know, Von Wagner. He's feeling down and he's talking to, uh, well, Nathan's like saying, Well, you know, I did lose uh, to, you know, Exion uh, in our best of three match. Uh, it seemed like a very hard mountain to climb for part two, but I did it. Uh, Maxon's got to go. But yeah, he's basically saying that the things will get better, Songa. And once I, when, once I beat uh, Axiom next week, I'm going to move on to, uh, you know, to win the, uh, my qualifying match to become um, uh, into the uh, Halloween Havoc as the final competitor in the ladder match. That's true. And Song is like, oh, I feel good for you. You're very good, Nathan Fraser. I hope you become champion one day. I hope you win. Something like that. It's Sangha. Nathan Fraser leaves and then comes in. It's uh, Veer. Veer Mahan comes in. That's right. They have no words because they were tag team partners at one time, long time ago. I'm not sure what happened. They were separated. Uh, Veer was then tag teamed with uh, a Shanky. A Shanky. And then, who knows? What's going to happen? I would like to see uh, this team of uh, um, Veer and Sangha take on NXT Level Up first destroy that and then eventually with NXT not going to main roster for another couple of years did hope they do uh, some stuff in NXT as a tag team it'd be fun now next up we go back at the parking lot it's with uh, our very own Grayson Walla in his crack team security he wants to set up everything just so right with his when his uh, Waller effect comes on the air one of the greatest segments ever um, there'll be no problems and uh, appalling crews will be not interfering in this uh, wonderful segment. 
So now we go to our third match. It's Wendy Chu versus Lash Legend. I thought uh, Lash is really, she's underperforming these days, gotta say. She's losing and losing quick. And she's, I think, this is no different today. She's uh, Wendy Chu versus Lash Legend. Wendy Chu's on the tear, and everybody in her wake is in her wake. And Lash Legend is gonna be the part of it. But here's the thing. Lash Legend starts off the match by grabbing Wendy Chu's uh, pillow and smashing her. Now, if you were to use a pillow and bash someone in the face with it, they're going to get disoriented for a couple of seconds. But she doesn't do that. She whacks Wendy Chu in the, the upper lower back, you know, upper butt area, upper buttle area. Does nothing. This match was like a four-minute match, like under five-minute match type deal. Deuge. But, of course... Now, Lash Legend did show a lot of personality in this match and a lot of uh, passion. But in the beginning of the match, it was Lash Legend. But she shows no uh, determination, no, uh, you know, um, uh, uh, fight that she can come back from uh, her being hurt, you know. So she wins at first, and then it's Winnie Chu starts winning, and well, okay. Now, Lash Legend did try to get some a flurry at the end. She comes and she comes with a big pump kick to uh, um, Winnie Chu. She ducks out of the way and then she swipes the leg. She takes out the leg of Lash Legend. Lash Legend hits the ground too hard, apparently. I don't know, it's just a small bump. But apparently long enough so Winnie Chu can climb up the top ropes into like back facing the ring, like for a uh, moonsault. But she jumps off and she does like a reverse splash, taking out Lash Legend in, like I say, under like about four minutes. It was uh, not good for Lash, and Winnie Chu wins. And uh, like I say, these matches are, uh, they could just thrash longer, could have shown a little more diversity in uh, Lash Legend's uh, arsenal and whatnot. Like I say, Lash Legend, there's a lot of potential there that she's not quite living up to, and it's a shame. Nothing worse than lost potential, I gotta say. And speaking of such, we go backstage. Oh my goodness, it's such a weird thing. Kelly Kincaid talking to Wes Lee about uh, um, him, him potentially sending a message to uh, um, Carmelo Hayes with his attack after that match. But it wasn't uh, a message. It was a receipt because, you know, uh, Wesley was supposed to fight Camelo Hayes for that North American Championship gold, but he was uh, taken out of action by having his head smashed into a locker. That's right. So while he's talking to this, we got Shanning Stanks, Lorenzo, very upset with Wesley. Because Wesley's match against uh, Tony D'Angelo, the Don, who self-claimed Don, um, injured himself. And basically, he's like saying, Oh, Wesley, you're the wolf in sheep's clothing. Really? Oh, really? I don't think so. So he says he was uh, intentionally hurt uh, Tony D'Angelo. And move was this. A drop toe hold. Tony D'Angelo fell on one knee. He put all his weight on one knee and just wiped out his knee. That was it. It wasn't uh, Wesley's fault. If you were to take the, if you were to take a um, drop toe hold like you would do a, a worm, the worm starting off a worm, you wouldn't get hurt. But anyways, uh, Channing is blaming uh, Wesley for it and challenges him. He wants a fight, but that's not today. So next up, we got ourselves a big tag team match. Tag team match for the uh, number one contenders for the tag team champions of. Uh, um, Team Casey and, um, you know, Caden Carter and Katana Chance. Now this is Zoe Starks and Nikita Lyons versus Toxic Attractions, Gigi Dolan and JC Jane. 
Now, this was probably the match of the night. It was very entertaining, very hard-hitting, very good. They brought it. JC Jane and Gigi Dolan had many chances of winning, putting this match away. Now, the end sequence was this. Um, looks like Gigi and JC going for their tangent move, their high-low combo. You go up high and go low, you know. JC Jane then runs to ropes to get to set up. But instead of bouncing off the ropes, she gets pulled out of the ring by Nikita Lyons. And then she gets kicked in the face, knocked out for a time being. While in the ring, it's Zoe Stark's sheath flips around. Um, Gigi Dolan, uh, big knee to the face, whack! Tags out the Nikita Lyons, and then with a wonderful, massive uh, uh, high cross over the top rope, she, well, um, JC tried to get up, she got up, but she got wiped out again by Zoe Stark. And in the ring, it's uh, a G, uh, Nikita Lyons just finishing off uh, Gigi Dolan, who was just kneed in the face. And she finishes off with a split leg Santon or the bum to the face. So she gets a big victory for uh, Nikita and Zoe Starks. And moving on, I suppose, is to the main uh, tag team championship match soon. Will be uh, Nikita and Zoe versus Team KC, Caden Carter and Casey Canzaro, who is watching backstage on a local TV thing hookup. So yeah, I think uh, they just had a thing with uh, KC and uh, Katana, you know, a little uh, vignette about uh, their friendship. But I personally think they're too rude. They're just, they got a lot of heart, but they're just too physically tiny to do anything really, really. But it is WWE. You know, it is pro wrestling. Anything can go. Even um, Team Casey being the, the tag team champions. But I really believe that uh, Nikita Lyons and Zoe Starks, um, they're going to take over soon enough. And hopefully undo everything that, uh, you know, uh, Core J did. Like taking giant shit on the entire tag team division on the women's side. And speaking of uh, Core Jade, we got ourselves a massive segment. The Grayson Waller effect. The Waller effect. Now, Grayson Waller, he is, uh, oh my, he's such a chauvinist, he is terrible, he is uh, so pompous, so pompous, in fact, he has his picture-in-picture uh, picture of Grayson Waller, just like last time, perfect, this, this is a great show. Now, Grayson, obviously, he has Cora Jade and Roxanne Perez there, uh, trying to, uh, you know, build up the match for uh, Halloween Havoc, and, you know, Grayson Waller always brings it back, don't talk over me! You know, he tra takes control. Grayson Waller is a real dick. He's so entertaining. So entertaining. But it comes down to this. You know, we all know that Cora Jade and Roxanne Perez, they hate each other now for Cora Jade. Uh, took the tag team championship that they both had and took a giant shit on it and threw it in the garbage. Ridiculous. She took a giant shit on the entire women's division. But that's beside the point. So now, basically, uh, Grayson Waller says that in two weeks' time, there's going to be a uh, pick-your-poison match. That's right, a pick-your-poison match, which means um, the match between uh, in, in two weeks will be uh, Cora Jade will be picking uh, Roxanne Perez's opponent for this match, and vice versa. And apparently, at Halloween Havoc, there's also another stipulation match. It's called uh, the Spin the Wheel, Make the Deal match. Ooh. And, well, Grayson Waller didn't want to wait, and he wanted to spin the wheel now. 
So he goes to the wheel and sees this uh, big guy there. He's guy standing there with full hood and completely covered. He oh might be might be uh, Apollo Cruz, which it completely is. You can totally tell his body shape. But he lifts up his sleeve and looks like oh Apollo Cruz is not white. So then he just goes to spin his wheel. Nothing happens there. It was a perfectly you know uneventful. Well, except for the fact that uh, the stipulation for their Halloween Havoc match between Cora Jane, Roxanne Perez is, no surprise, a weapons wild match. So clearly, obviously, it's going to be that Cora Jane's going to have her kendo stick and whatever, uh, um, you know, Roxanne Perez is going to have. So with that, they start battling. They start fighting in the ring and all of uh, Nathan's uh, crack team of security, they're up in the ring trying to separate the two. Nathan goes to um, Grayson Waller, I should say. Nathan, I don't know if I say Nathan. Grayson Waller then goes into the ring and sees what's going on. And he has a selfie out there. He's got his cell phone, selfieing things. And he finds that, oh my goodness, Apollo Crews had then taken off that sh um, long sleeve shirt off and talking off that uh, um, sleeve and taking off that hood. And now it's waiting there for him. And it pulls the Grayson, uh, Nathan, <laughs> Grayson Waller off the ring and it slides him underneath the ring where they're all set up with their little makeup kit and, um, you know, just like, what's it, uh, Apollo Crews is a premonition. Grayson Waller popped out of the ring with his eyes are red and his pants are ripped. So yeah, that's ridiculous. I'm not sure what's going on with this angle, with the storyline, with uh, Apollo Crews. It's just as uh, pathetic as his uh, fake accent, Apollo. This is the more authentic Apollo Crews. It's not. And this uh, pink eye Apollo is just as authentic. Not. Okay, regardless. Now we go, earlier on in the day, we had uh, this young red hooded girl with a uh, yellow mask trying to give up buttons. Apparently she was not doing her job properly. It's clearly a girl. And it's uh, uh, Mr. AC, Mr. AC there, Joke AC, and Schism, you know, uh, what's his name, a Rip, uh, and uh, Jagger. And uh, he's giving her a mouthful, like, oh, you're not pulling your weight around here. You're not, you're terrible, and stuff like that. Who cares? So they're giving her a hard time. Now, after that, we go to the ring. And it is, oh my goodness, the match. I just set up earlier. Julius Creed of Diamond Mine versus, that's right, Duke Hudson in the ring there, waiting for him. And this match was a ridiculous. It was under a minute, under a minute. Ugh. Now the bell goes off. Julius Creed is instantly attacked by Duke Hudson for a couple of seconds. Um, Duke Hudson then picks up Julius Creed, whips him to the ropes, Julius Creed bounces off ropes, goes to the other ropes, and Duke Hudson then decides, like, well, I don't know what I'm doing anymore. And Julius Creed jumps up, and with a, a flying elbow to the face, Duke Hudson goes down. Julius Creed picks him up, slams him down to the ground, then picks him up again, and then with the cartwheel driver, sends down, uh, you know, Julius, uh, Duke Hudson again. Duke Hudson's down, and then with a final sliding lariat puts Duke Hudson, Hudson out of his miseries. And like I say, like 52 seconds is ridiculous. It's over. Duke Hudson is fallen and he looks embarrassed. But it's uh, Brutus Creed comes out and starts attacking uh, Duke Hudson. It's like, come on now. Duke Hudson was embarrassed. You don't need to do that. That's, that's redundant. 
I would have thought it would have been hilarious if, uh, because uh, Brutus is coming in there and being very unsportsmanlike, you know, the referee would uh, disqualify Julius because of that. And the winner's match due to unsportsmanlike conduct is Duke Hudson. I changed my mind, but that would have been, oh, I thought that would have been hilarious, but it didn't happen. So now we got to set up a thing where, uh, what's the name, uh, um, DK, you know, um, Damon Kemp starts talking to him on the balcony. So he's, he's, he's so delusional, Damon Kemp. My God. He says he owns what uh, Brutus Creed is his, his bitch. I'm sorry, but Brutus Creed destroyed Damon Kemp. He bashed him out the ring. You know, Damon Kemp couldn't handle it any longer. He grabbed a chair and starts beating Brutus Creed with a chair because he knew he could not beat Brutus Creed regularly, one-on-one, -on -one, you know? So he had to get disqualified with a chair shot. So it's ridiculous. Ridiculous. Damon Kemp, he's the smallest dude out of three. You know, the, the, the Creed brothers could easily smash, I think. But anyways... Um, he wants a match against uh, Julius Creed. This match, he wants a stipulation, and the stipulation is if uh, Julius Creed loses, uh, Brutus Creed is out of the NXT. So that's quite uh, that, uh, this pretty deep punishment. So it's not bad. No, now uh, Julius Creed could have said, "Well, you know what? If I win, you're out, sucker." But no, it's not the case. He just decides that uh, this match, he doesn't want to just beat him, or pin him, or submit him, or I don't know what else is there. You know. I thought, hey, last man standing. Nope, it is a ambulance match. I guess it's symbolism, right? It's all about symbolism. So yeah, it's done. Okay, next up, we got ourselves some uh, Hank Walker backstage. Now he just got signed on by uh, our very own uh, Shawn Michaels. Signed him on to the contract, gave him a contract to NXT. Mr. Winky, Shawn Michaels. Uh, Mr. I just, uh, taken away, stripped Sol Sokoa of the, the North American Championship belt unceremoniously like. So anyways, Hank is back there with these fellow uh, security guards, no longer fellow, fellow rookies, uh, former fellow rookies, uh, security guards, uh, giving them some, uh, hey, good for you. And then Zion, and then uh, Quincy Elliott comes up there and he says, uh, you know, me and I really made fun of Zion Quinn last week. I think he's really upset for the hurtful, the hurtful things I said to him last week. So watch your back. Be careful. He might be a very dangerous Zion Quinn. So it's true. The next match is, of course, Zion Quinn versus uh, Hank Walker. And what I believe, uh, you know, um, Wade Barrett said. He said, you know, it's true. If Wade Barrett said, you know, if I were to have gotten a contract, the first thing I do is get some gear for the ring. And it's true. You would, you get prepared. Oh my God, I got a contract. Oh my God, I better get some wrestling gear. But no, Hank Walker, he's still wearing his uh, his uh, security uh, outfit or his uh, layman's clothes. So he walks in there. It's, uh, I wanted Hank Walker to win. He did beat uh, uh, Javier Barnell, you know, his first match. But uh, this match, it was, uh, I gotta say, just a little over two minutes. Uh, the first part of the match was, of course, uh, Zion Quinn just uh, running over Hank Walker and then later on Hank uh, turned things around for a short period of time just starts smashing uh, Zion Quinn into the corner and then throwing him into the corner another corner Zion Quinn threw Zion into the corner and following in with a, uh, a running pump kick to the face but Zion uh, moves he moves out of the way you know almost exactly 
the way uh, Winnie Chu moved out of the way from the, her last legend match. They must have practiced together. Anyways, so Hank misses his head. Zion kicks his leg really hard like and uh, Hank hobbled out of there and Zion Quinn with his move. Mm -hmm. It's like the uh, the, the, the uh, what's that? Uh, Von Wagner is the flying elbow. He does a flying forearm. That's right. He's watching other people's matches and taking notes. You know, that's why he's called the X Factor because he takes notes. And uh, with a nice move there, just like under two minutes, a little over two minutes, just a little over two minutes. Hank Walker takes the loss. Zion Quinn wins with that move. Wins with that move. Can you believe it? Now uh, Zion goes for the insult to injury, but Quincy Elliott hobble, uh, gets to the ring there and uh, sees to uh, Hank Walker. And as soon as Zion Quinn sees uh, Quincy, Willie, Quincy Elliott in the ring, Zion escapes like a thief in the night. So now we go backstage, of course. It's... Uh, um, that uh, red hooded uh, masked girl she's sitting there minding her own business and that's where Cameron Grimes comes up to her and says you know you shouldn't be following Mr. AC around you know Mr. AC he is a joke AC well joke AC you know he said hey, you shouldn't be following him or the, the, those uh, 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 schism you know schism so anyways He's trying to talk to the masked girl there with the red hood, and he gets blindsided by Squidward himself. I mean, uh, you know, Rip Fuller and Yagari both beat him up, and that's right. They all hug, you know, uh, Mr. Joe, Joe Gacy and uh, Schism and that uh, young girl, young woman in the red hood and the mask. Okay, yeah, I'm assuming it's a woman. It's clear he is, though. Okay, now we go backstage, and as we got ourselves, my goodness, it is, uh, what's that, uh, Butch and Rich Holland backstage there. And basically, we got ourselves, uh, Josh Briggs and Brooks Jensen, he didn't want next. Whoever wins this match, we're gonna take next. So they're thinking that, uh, what's that, uh, uh the Brawling Brutes are gonna win? And then Idris and Nofe and Malik Blade come down there too, and they're like, oh yes, we want next two. I really think Malik Blade really should be joining Chase U, doing something there. Really, really think so. They can wear a sweater vest anytime. So yeah, that's going on. So now next match is truly, is for the Tag Team Championship Gold, representing the Brawling Brutes. It's Butch and Ridge Holland versus the Unified, the two-time champions. It's Pretty Deadly of Elton Prison's Kit Wilson. Now, this match was pretty intense. Um, Braun and Brutes brought it, brought their A game. Um, they had their chance of winning a couple of times. The uh, um, brought, uh, Pretty Deadly also did very good. Now, they had this one move. Oh, he's crazy. Kit Wilson, he breaks out the um, Dean Ambrose clothesline. And it's called the uh, GCE, the gayest clothesline ever. He's, he flops off the ropes and he does a close. Yeah, that's it's called the GCE apparently. So now, at the end sequence was this. It was uh, the brawling brutes really owning uh, Kit Wilson in the ring there, owning good. Uh, what's that? Uh, Butch getting a pin attempt. The first pin attempt is broken up by Elton Prince pushing him up, pushing, uh, rolling them over. So then uh, Kit is on top of. Uh, 
try and get to, you know, reversal pin. And then it was this. It was the uh, um, Kit Wilson and uh, Butch. Butch getting a bitter end on Kit, trying to put it to bed. And the referee lays on top. He gets on top of uh, the referee. Uh, he gets on <laughs> Butch gets on top of Kit for the pin. The referee goes down for a count. But he realized something. He's on the wrong side of uh, Kit Wilson. It's like, oh, I can't be here. Um, and I don't know, it's maybe uh, I think Elton's on his side. Wrong side, you idiot! Wrong side! So the referee quickly gets to the other side of the um, of Kit Wilson. And he starts counting. And then it's, uh, Elton Prince grabs Kit Wilson's leg and puts it on the ropes. Now, if the referee is on the other side, there's no way that would have happened. But regardless, that doesn't really matter. It's just a silly thing. Because... Um, that didn't do anything. In the ring there, it was uh, eventually Ridge Holland and Butch getting up Kit Wilson for their finishing move. Uh, Butch is uh, eat my balls, power slam. And then uh, Butch with the power kick to the head. Then the power slam goes down. And Butch could have gone for the pin. Some, somebody could have gone for the pin. But here's the thing. Imperium runs up to the ring. That's right. Uh... Giovanna Vinci gets uh, but, uh, Rich Holland's attention. And the other side, it's uh, um, Ludwig Kaiser gets Pete Dunn's or uh, Butch's attention. And then it's, uh, you know, Elton Prince uh, runs uh, Butch into the ring, po ring apron with his hips. It's not much. He just runs him into the post with his hips, and Butch is out for the rest of the time. And in the ring, it's a double team. Spilt milk on Ridge Holland. Somehow Ridge Holland, uh, uh, from almost finishing the match to dying in a ring. So that was weird. So Brady Deadly moves on to win the big match. And in the end, it's a, a stare down. Maybe it might be a, um, a six-man tag for the belts. You know, uh, we got ourselves uh, them denim boys. That's right, Brooks Jensen and Josh Briggs. And we got ourselves the, uh, you know, Malik Blade and uh, Idris Inoufi challenging. So that ends it for the day. And that wraps it up for another episode of NXT 2.0 for this week. But fear not, listener. Stay tuned for our wonderful coverage of the uh, SmackDown right after uh, this short break. Well, this is my floor. I guess I'll be talking to you later, Stupendous. Oh, yeah, well, all right, Chapo. I'll talk to you later. Um, excuse me, but uh, can you press the uh, eighth floor for me? Oh, uh, well, I sure can. Uh, wait, you know, you look a little concerned, fella. Uh, it smells like scar smoke in here. Have you been smoking? You know that you're not supposed to smoke in here. Oh, relax, guy. I didn't smoke. It's just a fart. I farted in here, okay? Well, you know, it just smells like cigar smoke because thanks to Windex, it changed my horrible smelling fart into something more pleasant, like cigar smoke. Uh, you know, I'm really not sure what's worse, you know. Oh, thank God, I'm out of here. 
do you suffer from intestinal combustion and IFSF, insufferably foul-smelling farts? Well, Windex may be the solution for you. Turn your foul-smelling farts into a scent sensation, like Cinnabon, lawn clippings, new car, and even cigar smoke. Join the millions and make Windex part of your daily uh, supplement ritual. Windex must be used on a daily basis. The sudden stoppage of Windex after extreme extended use may cause worsening of flatulence. Lewis Ling Show oh, 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 Baby It's time for the wrestling show to take a very cynical look back at representing the WWE and live from Worcester, Massachusetts. It's Friday Night Smackdown air date October 7th 2022. This episode is The Road to uh, Extreme Rules and uh, Crown Jewel. Let's go. Well, Bo. Well, Bo. Welcome back, listener. I'm Lip Hazlywood, and this is La Wrestling Show's very cynical review slash look back at the latest episode of Friday Night Smackdown. Now, this Friday Night Smackdown is a very special one because it is the season premiere the new season of Friday Night Smackdown and things have changed indeed now usually usually uh, now they don't have uh, Adam Pierce's hasn't been around for a while and they haven't used a general manager for a little while and today they didn't even use any backstage uh, news scoops had uh, no backstage reporters no backstage uh, scoops or uh, pre-match interviews so yeah no Caleb Braxton or Megan Morant tonight and more changes, of course, uh, um, on the commentary crew, the play-by-play guys, the hosts, and some and the narrators. I call them narrators of the show. It's uh, usually it is, of course, Michael Cole, the longtime veteran of twenty years, and usually it's uh, Pat McAfee. Um, but now, I think for for now on, I'm not sure what's happened to Pat, where he's going. But right now, it's Michael Cole and my personal favorite, the greatest color commentator um, right now of all the uh, wrestling it's uh the silky voiced Wade barrett and uh he brings it tonight with some great insight and great banter wade barrett now of course without any more any further kadoos let's get on with the show because this show starts off with triple h now triple h is uh wow he's like this a sasquatch you know, he's like the chupacabra. You know, he's just never around. You know, the setting of him is like, uh, is like that. You know, it's just rare, a rarity. So Triple H comes to the ring. And, uh, you know, I expected something. I don't know what I expected. It's Triple H. You know, he's one of the greats of all time. And basically, he's just welcoming the WWE Universe to the, the new SmackDown. And basically, uh, they're on Fox, and it's their season premiere. And with that, I guess he's whipping up the crowd into a frenzy, whatever, and he leaves. Now, coming in, really now to start the show, is uh, the Bloodline. Now, I thought it would be interesting. I thought, oh my goodness, Triple H, is he going to have a uh, one-on-one with uh, Roman Reigns? 
That would be interesting, but never happened. So, Roman Reigns. That's right, he is at SmackDown. A rare occasion, of course, but it's a fantastic one because uh, um, I got to say, Roman Reigns is, uh, he is probably the greatest. You know, uh, whenever he shows up, he shows up and uh, the show is better for it. But he really never really shows up anymore. So, is alongside of Roman Reigns, is the rest of the bloodline, Paul Heyman, Jimmy Uso, Jay Uso, and of course, Solo Sokoa, and Sami Zayn. That's right. The team there. And the Roman Reigns, they take their time getting to the ring, and so they should. They're the greatest out there. They've earned a right to take their time to go to the ring, and they take full time. But anyways, that's beside the point. And But before Roman can really get started, Logan Paul cuts in, cuts in and cuts down on it. Now, this is whole thing. It's a, um, this is a build-up, of course, to um, with Crown Jewel. Now, what I believe Crown Jewel is, and this match is for sure an example of what the pinnacle of Crown Jewel is. It's a, it's a giant money grab for uh, the WWE. Um, with uh, Logan Paul, he's uh, one of the biggest internet um, star out there. Period. I mean, uh, he's got so many uh, subscribers; it's it's ridiculous. So he is literally one of the top uh, creators out there. So a top creator versus WWE in Crown Jewel, where I'm pretty sure Crown Jewel in general is a payday for WWE. Hands down. So this whole thing is, uh, yeah, it's about the money. Everybody's everybody's happy in this match, you know. And you know, we all know who's gonna lose this, and it's gonna be Logan Paul. But regardless. Roman Reigns gives up the reins, the microphone, to, uh, that's right, the wise man himself, um, <clears throat> Paul Heyman. Now, Paul Heyman instantly came out and compared Logan Paul to Mr. T and Sidney Lauper, talking that, you know what, they're number one celebrities uh, at the time, you know, cashing in. This is the cash grab. Not he didn't say that, but he did uh, say uh, he compared them to Mr. T and, you know, Sidney Lauper. And then continues to compare Logan Paul to other figureheads of the uh, real world you know no make-believe stuff here this is very interesting because they bring up people like uh, Jordan Peterson the hero of the uh, you know uh, ill-content the near-dwellers and then Ben Shapiro calls him out you know the hero of the stupid mm-hmm. and then of course he calls out people like Andrew Tate you know and of course, uh, this, they all have something in common. They all got the big mouth. They all like to blab, blab, and blab, you know. But here's the thing. When it comes down to Roman Reigns challenges them to a fight, they will back down like a coward in the night. <laughs> Run away. Okay, regardless. But here's the thing. Uh, Logan Paul tries to uh, stir up some controversy. Stir up some controversy. And uh, says, uh, now I can't tell who is the tribal chief around here. Is it a Roman Reigns? Or is it a Jay Uso? And Jay gets incensed by the whole situation. He gets angry. And he starts, Oh, I oughta, I oughta smash a hole right in your face. How dare you disrespect the bloodline? Oh, okay. I'm paraphrasing, but he's angry. Jimmy Uso is like, Cool it, dude. Cool it, dude. But Jay is incensed. And this incensed, oh, the tribal chief, and not to uh, Logan Paul, no, he's incensed about Jay Uso. 
He's upset that he's getting all frustrated and angry. And he's, uh, yes, he's bought into it. Until, of course, Sami Zayn, the great mediator, comes in. And he settles things straight. Roman Reigns, you are, in fact, the tribal chief. You are the undisputed WWE champion. You are the head of the table. There is uh, no disputing that. Nobody is disputing that. Not even Jay Uso is not disputing that. He is not disputing it. But what we got to talk about is Logan Paul. That jerk. He has to be skinny PC. He's got a whole thing about uh, squashing the hell out of Logan Paul. But yeah. So at uh, Crown Jewel, uh, Sami Zayn declares absolute dis- absolute victory over Logan Paul. The crushing, crushing, humiliating loss for Logan Paul. So yeah. Um... Roman Reigns, uh, everybody's, he sets the, that, that's, Sami Zayn sets the whole thing, that sets the whole mood. He says, like, the, talk about uh, Logan Paul being the two, the biggest number two in the world. It's, it's, it was such great. And he finished off with his hand raised in the air with number one. Roman Reigns, I'm not sure. He's looking at uh, Sami Zayn, very serious-like. Now, what's he going through his mind? What's going through his mind? But, uh... A look of concern definitely flushed the face of Sami Zayn in that moment. Anyways, we move on to the first match. Uh, the bloodline leaves all but Solo Sokoa remains behind. And he's waiting for his match against... Uh, wait for the Ricochet. That's right. Ricochet. One of the greatest in-ring performers out there. And being treated like a, uh, the Lucha House Bro house party. No respect. So he starts off the whole day. Now, Solo Sokoa, he is also, he's uh, very intense. He gets, he's very uh, hot-headed, so to speak. Somewhere to say. Inside the ring, of course. And he uh, explodes on Ricochet. Before the match starts, he attacks Ricochet. But the referee in this match is uh, um, Charles Robinson, I believe. The most, ex- most highest paid referee in all of mankind cause this match anyways um so eventually the match starts ricochet gets the upper hand and knocks uh, solo sokoa out the ring and solo for all the times he's fought in the wrestling match he has uh as soon as things don't go solo's way he goes outside and grabs a chair and threatens harm with a chair to his opponent now usually Sami Zayn's there to cool him down but Sami Zayn's not there charles robinson how thank goodness he's that's why he's uh He's, uh, you know, the guy you get paid the most. He convinces Solo to throw down that chair. Throw down the chair. Throw down the chair. Okay. Anyways, this match was really good. Very competitive. Very fun. It was uh, just five and a half minutes long, roughly. But Ricochet, he gets the upper hand. He starts going for a flurry of offense. With uh, finishing off with a bunch of uh, kicks to the face. A roundhouse kick to the face. Drops Solo Sokoa. He feels that kicking... Uh, would give him enough time so he can go to the top rope and finish him off with his wonderful shooting star press. Now, Ricochet took a, maybe a little bit too long on the ropes because when he launched himself, it was beautiful. It was a beauty. But Solo was there. He's already stood up and caught Ricochet in midair into the, you'd say, the rock bottom catch where he'd start with the rock bottom. You know? Or the STO, I think. Anyways. Catches him. Solo score, then with his finishing move, he call, they call it the spinning a solo. 
Hans No Like Solo. Now, the spinning solo, which the spinning solo is the Yurinagi. It's a Yurinagi. But uh, yeah, it sounds silly. Maybe you should change it to something else. You know, something more like street fighting thing. Street fighting term. You know, the, the spinning fist. I don't know. So yeah, Soul Skull with a big victory. Ricochet, another loss, Ricochet. Yeah, yeah, I mean, he, he used to be a champion, uh, not the main champion, but he used to carry the secondary title. He very, held very proudly. I think it's the, uh, the United States Championship. You know? But anyways, anyways. Solo with a big victory. And then backstage, because uh, watching the match was the bloodline. Sami Zayn, so proud. So proud of Solo. And he feels that, yeah, they've been they've been together for a little while, of course. They've been tag team on a Raw a couple of times. On SmackDown, they've been together, you know, to hold up the, you know, to make the bloodline presence on the show. Because when uh, Roman's not there and the Usos aren't there, it is up to uh, Sammy and Solo. It's true. And Sammy's like, yeah, I, it's almost like I take him under my wing. And he has. And he needs to. Because Solo really could use Sammy's help. Sammy is the greatest mind in wrestling. At least one of the greatest minds. And then Jey Uso gets all, all up in his butt. Like, and it's like, uh, you, you weren't there since day one. You know, very angry. And then uh, the whole thing was like, uh, yeah, you're, you're so hot-headed. And then uh, Jay really goes off on Sammy. And then that's when Roman Reigns steps in and says, he's right. Jey Uso, you are hot-headed. You've always been hot-headed. And I'm wiping my hands off this of this Sami Zayn you are now Jay Uso's issue though uh, Jay you are now Sami Zayn Sami's problem something else. I thought this was going to lead to a match you know uh, they're going to have a match to see like okay now will this happen can Sami Zayn put Jay Uso in his place I thought like ooh this could be interesting so later on uh, not too much later uh do Sami Zayn and Jimmy and Jay are walking to, walking uh, down the you know backstage area. One uh, the bullies, two bullies. That's right, two bullies. Can you believe a new day or bullies? So they go and bully uh, Jay Uso. Yeah, they try to make they're making fun of him like, yo, oh, jeez, you're so hot headed. You got you need uh, Sami Zayn to watch your back. Who's your daddy? So yeah, yeah, I can't believe it. There. Or the instigators. Now I can see the other way around. Perhaps if uh, the Usos, like Jay Uso, made the first comment, like try to, like uh, I don't know, try to make fun of the Us of uh, New Day, you know, and then the retorts like, "Hey, you want to make fun of us? Well, in your face!" But no, you know, uh, the, the bloodline looked like the good people, looked like the good guys here in the. Uh, uh, New Day looked like twats. Absolute twats. That's right. I don't know if you heard that, but I said it right. Okay, so now they follow this team into the building. They are uh, the team of uh, a B-Fab, Ashante, the Adonis, and Top Adala. They are Hit Row. Now, ever since coming back, or even before they left, they were, oh, they were very unimpressive. Now, 
I think the heart and soul of Hit Row is no longer there. He left a long time ago. It's Isaiah Swerve Scott. Without them, Hit Row is nothing. I mean, I don't feel anything for them. They're not very good. I personally don't believe in Hit Row. Period. Okay, so what's going on with Hit Row? They're hitting the ring. And could it be a match? Well, perhaps. They go in the ring, they do their posing, and then uh, while Ashante pops, pokes his head out the ring area, do his little, uh, I'm Ashante Diodonis. Oh, he gets drop kicked right in the face. By a masked man? Who could this masked man be? And if you have never watched uh, NXT, you probably won't know who this guy is because he's never been in the main roster yet. But if you have watched NXT, then you'll know who this guy is. Why? It's Santos Escobar and Legado del Fantasma. Attack! That's right, the attack uh, hit roll. And it was just, uh, it was, uh, what's that? Santos Escobar, Cruz del Toro, and Joaquin Wilde on the uh, Ashante and Top Dollar. And that's when B-Fab comes in there. Nya, nya, nya. What are you going to do? You're going to hit a woman? Well, they don't. They bring in their woman. And it's uh, Zelina Vega? Zelina Vega. Mm-hmm. And... Uh, with her incredibly massive heels in the shoe, in her in, uh, wearing these massive, massive heighteners, you know, she is literally on her tiptoes, and she is still a, a head shorter than uh, Cruz del Toro. It's ridiculous. Uh, Zelina Vega is she's so tiny. What's she gonna do? I mean, the only reason why I was I was extra mad with this, you know, it was great to see uh, Legado del Fantasma back in it, but. I am a fan of Electra Lopez. Where is where in a world? Where in the world is Carmen's? I mean, where in the world is Electra Lopez? She's not here. She should be here. She is. I think she's a dominant female presence. Not that uh, Zena isn't. She's just physically tiny. She's a tiny little pixie girl, but she's a big personality with a lot of good intentions. Okay. Now with that, we move on to match number two. It is a match, uh, a tag team match in the women's division. Now, this is uh, women's, the SmackDown women's division is pretty sad. It's very depressing. Right now, they've got this tag team is uh, Sonya Deville teamed up with Zaya Lee. Both these girls, they don't know what they're doing with them. Um, Sonya Deville, a former general manager or, you know, a authority figure fired from that and uh she's just a big mouth now what's she doing she's just uh she's a i think Sonya deville she can be a she's a good wrestler when she gets into a wrestling match she can have a good match zaya lee what's going on with zaya lee she i believe she's like the new natalia you know every uh her she used to be the protector she used to be something else before that uh, like a, a demon woman from uh you know with uh, boa just killing people you know have no feeling and then to the protector now she's a good guy bad guy good guy but like Natalia she's in the present she, there's no real history with Natalia and uh, Zia Lee right now she just goes with the flow she's got yeah it sucks because who is Zia Lee doesn't matter she's just uh, you know uh, just a utility player just like uh, you know Sonya Deville and who are they fighting now this is off to a great start of course am I saying Raquel Rodriguez who is a former women's tag team champion, multi-time women's tag, tag team champion. Uh, 
and her partner is Shotzi this time. Not, uh, you know, uh, Aaliyah. No. Uh, Dakota Kai was a former partner too. Um, I believe uh, um, Roxanne Perez. No, uh, it wasn't no. It was uh, Cora Jade. She has got a lot of partners. Yet her new partner is Raquel Shotzi. And so I was wondering who is going to win this. Obviously, it's not going to be Sonya and Zia Lee. So this match was a very short match. Like a little over two minutes. Two minutes long, short match. The first full, like the first part of the match was clearly Shotzi putting the work in against both Sonya and Zia Lee. Then finally getting a hot tag out, hot tag out to uh, Raquel. Like usual, like usual, Raquel um, carries the team. She comes in and smashes everybody. Smashes uh, Sonya Deville. She like uh, the followaway slam. And then with the, uh, what's that? Uh, the Vader Santon, this twisting Vader bomb, twisting, twisting uh, Vader Santon, smashes uh, Sonya Deville. Xia comes into the ring there where Shotzi intervened. And then with the great help of Raquel Rodriguez, uh, Shotzi then applied the uh, sliced bread onto Zaylee, putting her out. And then that gives Raquel and Sonia Deville in the ring, where Sonia is lifted up with the Tahana bomb and slammed onto the mat. Match over. Now, the biggest things, the best parts of the match was a um, Sonia Deville. Sonia Deville, her ring gear is unstoppable. She looked a great uh, ring gear. Whoever does Sonia Deville's ring gear, kudos to you. Kudos to you, sir or ma'am. Amazing ring gear. Now, here's another thing. Uh, Raquel and Shotzi, why, they got their color coordinated. Are they the new tag team? Are they new? Are they Are they gonna, is this a thing now? You know, uh, is it it for Aaliyah? What's with Aaliyah? You know, she hasn't done much. Uh, at least Shotzi, She's, uh, she can, she, I believe in Shotzi. Shotzi can go far singly, but, uh, I also believe that the women's division, they need more than the tag team titles. They need the women's championship belt and the secondary belt for the singles, uh, women's single division. That's what they need. Anyways, because, uh, their champions barely show up. You know, if it, the champion's going to be there once every couple of weeks, you know, you need a secondary champion to, uh, you know, to be the face. Okay, anyways, now we go to In the Ring with uh, Karen Cross and his lady Scarlett. And they come and they're going to make a, a statement, I guess. They want to make a statement about Drew McIntyre, but before they can, the mood is set. And Drew McIntyre pops up behind him, a real sneaky like move. So Drew McIntyre's there, Karen Cross, like, hey, what? What? He turns around and uh, he's getting beaten up by Drew McIntyre. But not for long, though, because. To uh, Karen Cross's aid to help out Karen Cross are the WWE cracked team cracked team of security. Now, did the Karen Cross call for the security back there? So they come in to pull out Drew McIntyre to try and beat up Drew McIntyre outside the ring. So was this a setup? You know, I, it, it can only mean that these uh, security cards were just they were helping Karen Cross for some reason. So Drew comes out there and starts beating them, beating up the uh, security guards, but he's still attached to the, you know, he brought in the uh, a strap where uh, they have a strap match at Extreme Rules. 
and he put it on himself and the other side was given to Karen Cross before he was distracted by those uh, you know security guards who was working for Karen Cross. So after a little bit, Karen Cross took the you know distraction you know to hand and he wax Drew McIntyre into the uh, ring post a couple of times and then starts whipping Drew McIntyre like a government mule. That's right. Drew McIntyre has been whipped like a government mule. It's been it was some serious whippings. And uh, of course, like huge as usual, every time Karen Cross and Drew McIntyre meet, it ends the same way. Karen Cross walking away, Drew McIntyre lying down in pain. So what's going to happen there? Who knows? Extreme rules going to be big. So now here we go to our big uh, triple threat match. Now the old thing with the uh, now it's the bloodline: Jey Uso, Jimmy Uso, and Sami Zayn. You know, with the the bullying of uh, the New Day, they they set up a match. Now they asked uh, Xavier Woods and Kofi Kingston to find themselves a partner because they're going to meet them in a ring for a showdown. So yes, uh, Bloodline show up and. Kofi Kingston and Xavier Woods show up and they bring out their partner. Who could their partner be? Who? 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 I knew I'd get that someday. Why? It's Braun Strowman. Joe! The, the, the Strowman's friend. Monster of monsters. That's right. So he shows up. Yeah. Yep. It's going to be one of those matches. Yep. 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 So, okay. Now, Braun Strowman did not tag in until like 10 minutes into the match. So it was a very fair fight. It was a very entertaining match. Uh, now, here's the thing. In the match here, I always think I'm very compo a big component of, uh, you know, the proper tags and stuff like that. Now, Sami Zayn, here's the thing. Early in the match, Sami Zayn goes for and goes and slaps Jey Uso in the chest there. Jey Uso did not have the tag ropes. Uh, in his hand, it was in Jimmy's hands. Uh, the referee, however, called that a tag. It's a tag. So then, gets tagged, and that's just weird. Um, anyways, the whole thing was this: Jay Uso was still furious with uh, Sami Zayn. They're not seen. They're in odds each other this whole match. While you know they're still controlling the match because Braun Strowman has not been in the match yet. Until the very end of the match. Now, like I say, about uh, he doesn't come in until like ten minutes into the match. Mm -hmm. Now this match ends like a minute later. He gets a hot tag by um, Kofi Kingston, tags him in, and then it's Braun Strowman smashing Jey Uso and Sami Zayn off the uh, apron, and then going to town on Jimmy Uso. Just smashing living hell on Jimmy Uso and then with a massive choke slam putting him down. Wham! And while this is happening, outside the ring, we got ourselves a little bit of a you know altercation, a little shouting match with uh, Sami Zayn and Jay Uso, not seeing eye to eye. And while that happens inside the ring, um, Braun Strowman gives uh, Kofi Kingston a high five. But the referee thinks it's a tag. Now nobody has a tag rope. Kofi Kingston's not even touching the uh, the turnbuckle, you know, pad or the corner pad, you know. So I think if you're gonna have to make a tag, if you're not grabbing tag rope, at least you can be touching the turnbuckle or the turnbuckle pad or the turnbuckle pad. 
that's true. But it hasn't happened. Nevertheless, that's my gripe a little bit here. Because they do, most of the time, are holding the tag rope, making proper tags. But they get lazy times and they get away with it. The referee should be on it. It's like, nope. Make, they do it sometimes when it's not a proper tag. The referee gets on their ass. This should happen again. All the times it should be like that. Some continuity, you know what I'm saying? So while Jimmy and um, Jey Uso and, uh, you know, uh, Sami Zayn are bickering outside, the Braun Strowman Express comes through and Whammo! Takes out Sami Zayn and Jey Uso. Now here's the thing, Jey Uso, now, he came out and straight up wiped out Sami Zayn, but Jey Uso, he got the wind, he got the Braun Strowman wind, and the wind was enough to throw him off right, he is, he's, he's got knocked silly. And right into Michael Cole, which was hilarious. Michael's like, uh, a check please, a check please. While in the ring, it is the uh, New Day finishing off the match. Uh, Kofi Kingston tags in uh, Xavier Woods. Kofi sets uh, uh, Jimmy Uso on his knee, like a so. <coughs> Xavier Woods off the top rope with the double stomp on the chest. That's right. Pouring out uh, Jey Uso. Mm -hmm. And with one, two, three, it's, uh, yeah. Now this match was about uh, about 10 minutes. 10 and a half minutes, almost 11 minutes. So it's a nice, nice long match, but yeah. Yeah, this was, uh, I don't know. Mm -hmm. The New Day wins and uh, Jimmy Uso loses for the bloodline. Yeah, what are you going to do? What are you going to do? It, uh, not much. Okay, so now with that, we go with some big news backstage. Big news backstage. Uh, Max Dupree. Now, Max Dupree, uh, he decides that uh, to destroy maximum male models. At least he puts down, uh, you know, Max Macy and uh, Mansoire. While Maxine Dupree is like, what are you doing? This is not good to... I don't, know, okay, I don't know what with that accent, anyways. Any Max Dupree is like, uh, you know what? Don't call me Max any longer. Yes, that's right. Max Dupree is dead. He is now becoming going back to his old roots, and thank goodness, L.A. Knight is back. So it's gonna be good. Uh, I can see this. Um, Maxine, Maxine Dupree. She will carry on with the maximum male models. She will be continuing being the CEO of the managers, but I think she's going to bring someone in. Someone in charge of the, the musical director. I think we're going to see the team of Max, uh, Maxine and Maxi Priest. Maxine, uh, Maxine Dupree and Maxi Priest is the new heads of Maxi. It doesn't matter. So now we go to our main event. It is for the Intercontinental Championship Gold. And it's a rematch between uh, the champion Gunther versus Sheamus of Fight Club. And both of them have sent their team backstage. Now, this was a slobber knocker. This was a hard-hitting match. And uh, Jessica Carr was the referee and she lost control of this match fast. They went outside of the ring and uh, Gunther tried to throw Sheamus around outside there, but Sheamus turned around and Gunther got thrown around like a government mule. Now here's also another thing. Uh, Sheamus has the uh, 10 beats to Balor and it's 10 uh, beats onto the chest. 
to chestal area. Now, that's 10 beats, and that's a five count, so you're doing an awfully slow count. Now, here's the thing with uh, Jessica, you know. He not only did it once, he did it twice, and then thrice. So, 30 beats the Ballard to uh, um, Gunther. Perfectly clean, perfectly fine, you know. But I cannot imagine why he was so upset. Um, now, I believe Seamus gets his, uh, he gets waxed, I'm not sure when, uh, how many times, often he gets it, but uh, it's clearly ripping the, the hairs right out of the pores of his chest. And when Gunther slaps him silly on the chest, Gunther's slaps are insane. But when he slaps Seamus, literally those pores squirt blood out. That's right, those little uh, chest hair pores are squirting blood like no one's business, like little nipples of blood. So yeah, it's an insane chestal bleeding by Seamus with the chops of uh, Gunther. Now this match was hardcore. Um, Seamus tries to get his uh, white noise on like the second ropes, you know. Gunther is turning things around with a power bomb, you know, and also going for the, the big old splash off top rope. But it comes down to the comes down to like uh, the end sequence here, which was weird. One weird part before the end sequence, of course, is uh, Seamus, he's going for the clover leaf, and he's getting uh, Gunther on a clover leaf, and Gunther is like, he's throwing for the ropes. But instead, Gunther taps the mat like twice. Now, I remember back in the days, you know, when you have a submission hold on, um, people would try to make, you know, try to move around, and a lot of times they're tapping on the ground. You know, they're tapping on the ground, but they're moving and they're just making movement. I always thought it was ridiculous. Like, what, if you've got to move, stop. Don't tap on the ground because it's ridiculous. You're looking like you're giving up. But anyways, um, Gunther taps on the ground twice. Jessica Carr does not see it as a giving up. Let's it go on. And then Gunther grabs onto the bottom rope. Jameis starts complaining. What are you doing? That was a three, that was a, some, he submitted, it was a tap, he was a tapping, like a tap dancer with his hands. And she's like, no, 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 he grabbed a rope, but he was tapping. And while he's complaining, we got ourselves uh, Imperium, that's right, Ludwig Kaiser and Giovanni Vinci come to the ring area and give uh, their teammate Gunther oh, some support, some moral support, but then they're interfering intervened by a fight night them brawling brutes ridge holland and butch that's right come in they start attacking imperium try to even out the odds and somehow but somehow somehow um ludwig kaiser he gets he breaks free with the uh, a broken shillelagh and then he passes on to the ring because uh jessica carr was making sure that um Seamus was okay, and he passes in the Chilele to uh, Gunther, and then uh, a Butch comes in and takes out uh, Ludwig Kaiser again. They start fighting. Just gives enough time to give the, the old pass a baton. So Seamus, he winds up, he's going for the bro kick. And then on the side there, they've got uh, themselves some uh, um, Giovanni Vinci and Ridge Holland fighting on the side. They get their butt onto the ring apron there, getting Jessica Carr's attention. Jessica, over here! We're doing something over here! So then she goes, what are you doing? So she turns her side just as soon as a bro kick gets started. He goes for a bro kick and of course Gunther turns and beats him with a face with that stick, the shillelagh to the head. 
and he chucks the shillelagh out to the ring just in time for uh, Jessica Carr, the referee, to turn around to see that nothing had happened. Jessica, your, your, your reputation is going right down the toilet. So she goes, to, at least she's got the main event. That's all that matters. Okay, so one, two, three. This was a crazy amount, like, like almost 19 minutes. Now this end part, I didn't quite like too much, but hey, this was intense, this match. And of course, it is uh, Imperium. Gunther retains his championship gold. And uh, yeah, and Sheamus, with a valiant effort on this day, did not come out victorious. But yeah, that ends it with the matches this week. But next week, no, it's going to be big. Kofi Kingston. Now, other than, uh, you know, Extreme Rules. This is past Extreme Rules. This is a week after Extreme Rules. Kofi Kingston versus Sami Zayn in one-on-one match. Now, this should be amazing. Kofi Kingston, he is one hell of a competitor. Sami Zayn, he's one hell of a competitor. Two great minds of wrestling go head-to-head. Let's see what it's like. And of course, LA Knight back as LA Knight. No longer Max Dupree. LA Knight taking on one of his old protégés. It is uh, representing the maximum male models in uh, Maxine Dupree. And, uh, you know, uh, Macy, it's uh, Mansoir. And that's right. Now, that wraps it up for another week of SmackDown and also concludes this entire episode of the podcast. Now, for all you listeners that have stuck around for the very end, know that I hold a very special place in my heart just for you. So, join us next week for an all-new episode of The Wrestling Show. But, however, we will be having a special edition coming up soon on uh, Extreme Rules. So anyways, for always remember, listener, you matter. I am am, uh, Lip Hazelwood and saying uh, see you uh, on the flippity flop. Lewis Ling Show oh, oh.